It's Sunday, it's sunny, and golf is great. It's time for the Hazel Rocket on ESPN Radio. Your Sunday golf show with PGA Tour winner Joel Edwards and his caddy Brady Tinker. Now on 103.3 FM ESPN. Little train going there, baby. Good morning and welcome to your Sunday morning golf show. This is the Hazel Rocket, and I hope everybody's having a great morning. Looks like today is a beautiful Sunday morning. Joel Edwards, 16-year PGA Tour veteran, winner on the PGA Tour, and Brady Tinker here caddying for Joel Edwards as we have uh, Sunday morning golf conversations. Metaphorically. Yes. Caddy. Yes, that's a good point. Yes, I haven't caddied for you. I've volunteered a couple times, and you want none of it. Negative. Uh, I hope everybody out there is on the way to the golf course having a great day, a great weekend. Uh, We are um, in the middle of the Greenbrier Classic. We are two weeks Mm -hmm. from the British Open, uh, which if you're a golf fan, you're you're getting pretty excited about. Uh, We have all kinds of things going on. Phil Mickelson playing in his first tournament since uh, he and Bones Mackay broke up. Bones announcing uh, in the last couple of days that he will take a job as an on-course reporter for NBC Golf. Great. Uh, so pretty cool stuff. So we will talk about uh, the Greenbrier Classic, uh, Phil Mickelson, and a couple other things in our first segment. Uh, in the second segment at uh, 8.26, we'll get to story time with Uncle Joel. I wondered aloud the other day as the British Open uh, is approaching to Joel, hey, what was the commitment like to try to go mm. uh overseas to play or qualify for the british open uh you could try right. uh if you got invited to the scottish open etc cetera, etc cetera. And, and joel's answers are, are very interesting about the expense the commitment the work the time uh what it does the, the, to your schedule everything yeah. else to go over uh so i think it's a, it's a good conversation and then we will also ask joel about rory mcelroy and steve elkington in a bit of a twitter war uh and that was interesting too and then in the final segment at um 847 from crappy to happy we will do our best joel will do his best to make the weaker parts of your golf game a little bit better and really in the end this entire show came about because we wanted to try and help average golfers have more fun playing golf so that's what the final segment is always about from crappy to happy we will have some guests in that segment tim hasselbeck um espn Football analyst will be on in that segment, as will uh, local sports anchor Joe Trahan from Channel 8. That all in the third segment, but off the top, good morning, Joel. Hey, good morning. Thanks for, you know. Being me? Absolutely. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, the Greenbrier Classic devastation last year in 2016. Yeah. Uh, there's been quite a bit about it on TV, but if you hadn't heard, as you watch this tournament today, uh, led by rookie uh, Sebastian Munoz, a tour rookie, Xander Shoffley, another tour rookie sitting there in third place, Kelly Craft, yeah. local guy, uh, a hell of a golfer and a nice kid who's going to be on this show pretty quickly, yep. uh, sitting there uh, in fourth place. Interesting, Davis Love at 53 years old uh, at mm-hmm. fifth place in this tournament. So some very interesting names. J.B. Holmes, a regular on the leaderboard these days. Chad Campbell, local guy, regular on the leaderboard these days. So yeah. interesting leaderboard going on there. There is the Irish Open going across, uh, on across the pond. That's where Rory McIlroy comes into the show. Um, so there's all kinds of things going on. John Rahm comes into the show. There's it, This is an incestuous, incestual conversation Ooh. as all kinds of things really? will intertwine. Yes, they, they will intertwine. You with me? All right, let's talk about Greenbrier Classic, first of all. You are very impressed with the work that that they did to get the Greenbrier Golf Course back. Essentially, a year ago, 10 or 15 days short of the Greenbrier Classic, they got 22 inches of rain, devastation. Homes washed out, uh, least of all the golf course completely washed out. One year later, 
They got a golf tournament. They got a golf tournament on a golf course that a lot of the players are saying is better than it was before. Yeah. Amazing. That just shows you how you know minds can get together and do it. I mean, the governor up there and uh, the golf course superintendent and the town, basically. I know a lot of people don't know that uh, Bubba donated a lot of money. He did. To, uh, Phil get, donated some money as yeah, well. To Keegan get that donated things, some to money get that as well. thing started. And um, I think it's great. In a year's time, you got to realize that a year's time, is not enough to build a golf course. It's just not. No. Now, the golf course, the foundation was and there. And they seeded greens. That's right. How is that even possible well, to seed I think bent it's lucky. grass greens? Well, it's, it, lucky it's where they were. That yeah. couldn't happen down here. Great. And it's been good growing weather for the you last know, year across yeah, the country. Yeah, Virginia up there. I mean, West Virginia. Excuse me, John yeah. Denver. Yeah. And, uh, you know, up there, you know, the growing season's probably longer than ours, and it's bent and it's cooler. It's where it's supposed to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, you know, resorted everything. They didn't like the way the greens were looking, and they redid them. I mean, it's amazing what it they did. Amazing. And they've actually rebuilt the town, which the river ran right through it. And it, uh, there was homes washed away and all kinds of stuff. And now they've got a tournament there a year later. I think it's a, it's a, an amazing accomplishment for a little small town and uh, the tour and what they've done. And now they've got a beautiful golf tournament, and they've got a kid from North Texas leading their tournament mm-hmm. right here. Sebastian Munoz. Went to Denton. University went to, of went North, to North Texas. Texas, right. Yep. Same as our uh, Joel Edwards. Yeah. and uh, Anybody called you to comment on him yet? Yeah, they have. They've all asked me if I've met him, and I said no. But I, you know, so they said, well, he'll be the, you know, you know, I was on TV yesterday. Oh. I didn't know it. But how, I, somebody called me and texted me. I don't know. And somebody <laughs> said I had. I was on TV, and I go, really? I was? And they said, yeah. So I was, I guess I was teaching. I, and the next thing I know, so some guy. Oh, wait a minute. Someone came out and shot you while you were teaching? Cameras no, came out? No, 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 no. And you didn't know it? Yeah. Well, no, it was it was a picture of me on TV with a great guy named Don January. And we were the last two winners, not wieners, the last two winners from North Texas okay. to win on the PGA right. Tour. And they said, if Sebastian wins today, he'll be the third. But there's plenty more that have done it, believe me uh joe conrad long years ago but that, that i got the i got the pub for it that's good okay and um so you weren't really on tv a picture of a you picture was on of TV. me oh i thought you were inferring that you were taking the prowess that you now have because you're a radio star and oh, they yeah. called you and said hey you got to be on tv because no, no, you're no, joel no. and you went to north texas that's that's what no. i thought you were inferring no no not true. i didn't know it either i i just came in did and, anybody say how you looked in your picture yeah they said i looked real young and skinny must have been a long time ago. It must have been a long time ago. They said I was handsome, and I'm going, well, you know, I wish that was my wife or, you know, somebody saying that. But you, you, I don't really want to hear it from you that I looked handsome. So, of course, those things are Photoshopped. And, uh, of course, I, yeah, the reason why I do radio because I have a radio face. So, and that's why I'm excited to do this. No surprise Sunday. to you. I know you're going to tell me that two rookies, uh, no. Munoz and Shoffley, are at the top leaderboard. Shoffley mm-hmm. showed up at the Masters, yeah. is that right, or the U.S. Open? U.S. Open. U.S. Open, and now just won't leave. It's confidence. Man. Everybody's good enough to be out there. Once you find the threshold of where you need to get mentally, the game, it just kind of comes to you for a while. It's just weird. And then Is it comes the and fact goes. that there's no dominant player on the tour right now uh, – make it easier for guys to gain yes. confidence and feel like they can do it yes i mean uh yeah i mean you have you have ways of doing it well some guys that aren't on tour will say i'm crazy but it's it's way easier because you could you can do it at any time of course you could do it any time back then too but if you if now there's exemptions of course there was too then but i'm talking there's more exemptions now um uh, 25 from the 
Nike tour, whatever you call it, the uh, nation, what is mm-hmm. it called now? Web.com. Mm-hmm. And then the 25, leagues. two weeks later, after their tour, whatever their playoff thing, they get their card. So, and they don't have tour school anymore. So that used to be one week a year. Now it takes place the way it should be done, by the way. And a lot of guys that never got their card would have received them had they had this formula years ago. And I'll explain that eventually someday when they ask. Okay. But, um, it's just the way it works. Back then, it was one week of your life to go through tour school. Now you basically have a whole year. You know, back back then it was one week, and if you didn't get in the top, say you waited again another year. You waited another. Yeah. You waited a whole another year, and you played in North Dakota, South Dakota. You played in South Africa. You played everywhere to play. And nowadays, you've got the web dot com. If you finish in the top, I guess hundred at tour school, you've got some kind of status on on the web dot com. So you go out and have a decent week out there. You're playing there the rest of the year. You get your card. They didn't have that uh, back when I was playing, but the, you know they do now. That devalue it for you at all? No. Okay, I'm just curious no. because as a fan, I, I have no. Everything's pro- evolved. As, as like a fan, I have no problem with that. I want to no. see. It's creme de la creme. You want to yeah, see them absolutely, I and I think eventually you're going to get out there. I do. Um, it's it's not easy. It's not an easy task. I'm not saying it's way easier. It's it's more. Uh, it's more you can get it easier. Okay, it's not easy. I understand. It's, it's so the, the so opportunity is less better. of a golfer. No, but, no, but there no, are no, more no. chances for you to get there Absolutely. quickly. Okay, I got you. You know. All right, you're listening to the Hazel Rocket, your Sunday morning golf show every Sunday morning from eight to nine a.m. Joel Edwards, 16 year PGA Tour veteran, and Brady Tinker, myself, uh, caddying metaphorically Thank you. for Joel Edwards, are right here on ESPN Radio, 103.3 on your FM dial. Greenbrier Classic going on. A couple of rookies uh, towards the top of the leaderboard. A 53-year-old and Davis Love the third. Interesting note. That golf ball does uh, not know how old he is. Joel found. Uh, Davis Love the third led the tour in driving distance twice, at least twice during his career. Mm-hmm. He was a smooth swinging bomber who could mm-hmm. hit it straight. It was a it's thing of beauty to watch, and it actually still is. Um, 10 under, sitting at... Uh, T5 at the Greenbrier Classic right now. Interesting note. So he led the tour twice. 25 years He now is hitting it farther than he did either time when he led the tour. Okay, you're back to equipment and balls. Mm -hmm. And as he is hitting it farther now than Mm -hmm. he did in those two years when he led the tour, he is 123rd currently in driving distance on the Mm -hmm. PGA Tour. Equipment and ball. Correct? Well, that and, you know, everybody's stronger. Is he having a good time? Does he think he's? Does he feel like he's cheating? How does he feel nah. about hitting it two ninety four? And he was at age fifty three. I'm sure he's excited about it, but that's Seems an like average for him. I'm sure he's you know he's still really long and on the Champions Tour. He's probably tenth, mm-hmm. you know, and that's unheard of. Well, Davis Daly's out there, you know, right? you know, Davis, Kenny Perry, Fred yeah. Couples, they all hit it a long way, and it's the same. It's going to be the same thing. But here's the thing about Davis. So, so Davis is out there playing today, and you, you better watch him today. I have a feeling about him. Really? Yeah. Well, that'd be great. And I would love to see that. We all would. And so he's done some really special things in his career at certain times, and I think this is probably one of them. I hope so. And uh, so he's hitting at 290-whatever now. And he looks up, and there's a kid that was him 25 years ago that's 60 yards in front of him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's going to demoralize him at all. Whereas back then, I think – you know, I mean, everybody does it now. He's 123rd. He's he's not even in the middle of the – he's not even a tour average uh, distance player anymore. Yeah, he commented. Uh, somebody asked him about, look how far you're hitting the ball. And he's like, yeah, but I'm still 40 yards behind. Yeah. So he can't, you know, can you imagine me out there? I mean, I'm, I hit at 30 short of Davis. So 
It's just the way it works, and it's okay. I mean, you still got to knock the ball in the hole. Everybody asks me all the time. I go, you still got to knock it in the hole. I don't care how far it goes. You still have to knock it in the hole. Phil Mickelson is uh, at this tournament, made the cut, um, sort of somewhere in the middle of the pack. My question to you is going to be, how do you think Phil will do overall? What kind of adjustment period will there be without bones? For 25 years, his caddy was, one one was tournament. Jim McKay. Really? One tournament. His brother's caddying for him right now, Tim Mickelson, a good player, right, mm -hmm. in his own right, and now uh, an agent on tour, mm -hmm. right, who has a couple of good players, including John Rahm. That's right. And his player, John Rahm, is at the Irish Open mm -hmm. winning. Yeah. John Rahm potentially the next star at, sure. on the PGA Tour? Oh, yes. there's no question about it. I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's great. Somebody's got. I mean, somebody's got to be his agent. Might as well be Tim. So is John Rom. This is a tease to the next segment. Story time with Uncle Joel. I asked Joel about going overseas and and playing the British Open or trying to qualify for the British Open and the amount of time you have to commit and money and et cetera, et cetera. Is John Rom playing? Uh, he's T ten at the French Open last week and now playing the Irish Open. Is he doing this as far as you can tell to get ready for the British Open? Sure or is. is. He, okay. It's Link's course three yeah. weeks in a row. Sure he is. Good idea. Absolutely. It's not going to cost him anything here. He's not going to lose tournaments here where he's not going to lose FedEx points or anything like that. He's pretty much guaranteed, uh, you know, wherever he's going to finish. But he'll, he's going to win again this year, I promise you. All right, when we come back to the Hazel Rocket right here on ESPN Radio, 103.3 under FM dial. Story time with Uncle Joel is up next. What's it like to, as a PGA Tour pro who does not have – a spot in the British Open. What's it like to commit two to three weeks of your life to travel overseas, mm. in theory, take your family, spend a bunch of money, uh, try and get in the Scottish Open, or go to a qualifier to try and play in the British Open? It's interesting conversations because it is a different world mm. over there, and yet it's still golf. We'll have that on Storytime when we come back. Plus, Joel's comments or feelings on Rory McIlroy being attacked by another PGA Tour player for – I guess the reference is not really giving a damn. We'll talk about all that right here on the Hazel Rocket when we return on ESPN Radio 103.3 on your FM dial. It's the Hazel Rocket on ESPN Radio with PGA Tour winner Joel Edwards and his caddy Brady Tinker on 103.3 FM ESPN. Oh, thanks for the, thanks for the train. Sod's doing his job. Always taking care of us. You know, Sod's old, awesome. Old guys. When yeah. you give us the right music, oh, yeah. it makes all the difference, right? The energy comes up. We sit straighter. We actually get a little gel out between breaks and put it in, into what's left of our hair. Welcome train. back uh, to your Sunday awesome. morning golf show, the Hazel Rocket Have right here on ESPN Radio. 103.3 Sod? on your FM. Sod, do you know Train? Have you ever heard yeah, of Train? Yeah, I've only heard of one of their songs. Um, was it Hey Jude? No. no that's that's hey Soul band. Sister. Yeah, Hey Soul Sister. Hey Soul Sorry, Sister. yeah, that's yeah. the one. Same thing. Yeah, I was thinking about the Beatles, but yeah. Uh, listen, so if, you've you, heard of the Beatles. if you're yeah, just yeah. tuning wow. in with us, uh, our goal here <laughs> is to share insight from Joel Edwards, 16 years on the PGA Tour, currently playing uh, off and on on the senior PGA Tour, and uh, still one hell of a golfer and the best teacher in the Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, over at Las Colinas Country Club, mm -hmm. uh, our home, and I sure do appreciate that every time I get to be over there. Thanks, Jeff, and everybody else at Las Colinas Country Club. Kirk, thanks for getting us over there. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of this show, one 787 1033 Conversations are what we're having. Story time with Uncle Joel is in this segment. And I asked Joel the other day, hey, the British Open is coming. How big mm -hmm. a deal was it for you? And is it for these guys? The top 50, mm -hmm. correct, Joel, are right. in the British Open. Yeah. So there is room for 30 more? 
Nah, maybe more than that. 50 more? Yeah, probably. Maybe 100 people will tee it up uh, on... Just like the U.S. Open, most of the people that are in that tournament qualify. They have to qualify before they get in. Right, and that's stuff that those of us who just turn it yeah. on on Saturday and Sunday don't realize. Right, These, they're not all e exempt, no. Even though there are names that, that we right. all know... Mm -hmm. most of them had to qualify Absolutely. to be at these tournaments. Even if you know their name, they had to qualify probably. Other than like the guy that won. There's so many different ways of doing it, but if the guy has won the British Open, he's under 65, well, obviously he's exempt. Um, uh, top 30 on the money list from the United States and wherever else, they're in. A lot of different scenarios that can get you in majors. British Open, if it ends with an Open, which there are two, most of the players that you see, more than half, have to qualify. All right. And it's a very difficult one. Lynx golf uh, in the last, I don't know, 30 years has become, maybe maybe even longer than that, has become bigger and bigger. There are lots yeah. of Lynx designed golf courses now in this country. Mm -hmm. uh, several in this town. The Tribute mm -hmm. uh, is one that I play at a lot, so I'll give them a, a little publicity uh, out in the colony. Mm -hmm. uh, they are redoing their greens right now, but in September they will be open again. It's a very cool Lynx course. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, Arnie started going over to play the British Open. Right. Uh, Jack followed him, mm -hmm. uh, and now the British Open is a major, has been for years, and it's a big deal. But for guys on the tour who are going to have to qualify to play in the British Open, take us through a little bit. You're, you decide to go. Right. First of all, what are all the things you're thinking about? Time, yeah. money, yeah. family, mm -hmm. taking them or leaving them, et right. cetera, et cetera. Take me through a little bit. If you well, if I, you were 20 years ago, yeah. 15 years I ago, did. going I did. to play. In 2000, I, I decided to go. And uh, we're not talking, I, I mean, you know, I got upgraded. But the thing is, what I'm saying is I didn't pay for it. So, I mean, it's crazy what it costs you. What you have to realize is if you're not exempt for the British Open, and you're not in the Scottish Open, which you have to get an invite to. Okay. So you, you can't just go play no. the Scottish Open and so hope you, you get in the right. British Open. So you have to give up. I think John Deere's next week, right? Yes. You've got to give up John Deere. So you got to go over there on a Tuesday or third, Wednesday, whatever. You get acclimated to the time change. You play the practice round on the course you're going to play. There's usually six or seven. And there's probably six or seven spots at each one of them. So that's 50 guys. Okay. So six or seven different right. courses, six or seven spots at each qualifying venue. And it's Sunday and Monday. Two days. Two days. So you're giving up the previous Absolutely. week. And in theory, you're giving, you're up, giving the up the next, next week, week because you're across the pond, across seven and a half hour yeah. time difference. So, then so you, you come are back. coming back the next week. And, now it and has been done. Well. I, like I told you earlier, Faxon did it one Brad time. Brad Faxon. And I was went in, to qualify, yeah. didn't qualify, had himself right. in a tournament that started on Thursday, went won. back. BC Open, yeah, in wow. uh, New York. And it's amazing and stuff. So you got to realize you got to give up two weeks, and it's very expensive. It's all hotel. Uh, I'm not a sightseer, so we're not going to go do that. So you're, you're over there playing golf. It, it, it's around, that was 15 years ago. It's probably $10,000. Substantial. It's a lot of money. Not to mention giving up the two weeks. Well, like if I said, you that's go not over there first class. Completely that's... You you flop yeah. completely. You don't get in. You well, gave. You spent you, ten you, to fifteen grand, right. and whatever you might have won playing right. the John Deere, right? And then whatever's the week after the right. British Open. So you, exactly. Yes. So you're giving up two weeks on tour that you could play in, right? And so you're giving that up to go qualify. So it is. It's a so very. So in the end, you could say, man, I might lose fifty grand in this thing. Well, you wouldn't lose that. But well, but I mean, of the two tournaments you did, if you play, miss playing, right, if you sure. make a cut, right? Yeah, and then you look, and of course, I've done it the other way, the other way too, and, and I, I played both of them here. Uh, I, you know, you think, well, if I play well, I'll get to go anyway. So 
there's there's a lot of different ways of looking at it, but it, it takes two weeks okay, of your life. Okay, how does that work? If you play well, how well do you have to play to get in or get an exemption to get in prior to the British Open? Well, it depends. Usually it's top four. Um, they have a British Open series. I think this is one this week the at, Greenbrier. at the Greenbrier. Okay. So top two or three that aren't exempt Okay, so get a spot. Sebastian Munoz and Xander Shoffley kids, right. Kelly Craft, uh, right. local kid, are all looking also I would think to get they into they the British Open. would not be exempt, right. Okay. So they're, and Davis is not exempt. You would think Davis would be, but he's probably not. And so you probably thought about going over there for years and sure. found all different reasons to do it or to not do it. You finally went. Why'd you go in 2000? Well, I, I, I said I was going to, it was at St. Andrews. Okay. Um, I was playing really well. I went over there with a buddy of mine. Is this story time? This is really yeah, funny. Yeah, this is story time. This is really funny. This trip I went. So and, I'll uh, reset. This is story time yeah. with Uncle Joel, with so, a 16-year PGA yeah. Tour veteran Joel Edwards right here on the Hazel Rocket on ESPN yeah. Radio, yeah. 103.3 FM. UK. Turn it up. Turn it up. This is yeah. really going to be good. I'm kidding. <laughs> hit record. So, yeah, hit record. This is funny. So I'm going to do a lot of accents and a lot of stuff oh, here right man. now. No yeah, Good luck with that. The beast is going to love it. Yeah. So we're sitting there. I, so I fly over with this friend of mine, Bobby. Uh, Bobby Stewart and I don't I, I, would, I usually don't say their last name because that'd be indiscreet but it's Stewart <laughs> and uh, with a guy named Blackie John Blackburn and uh, we went over there and uh, they wanted to watch me qualify so I went over there with them and we were playing and we we were out there playing whatever practice rounds at uh, London Lynx I think it was you recommend it oh yeah okay and I'm glad I went and uh, so we go over there and I make a long story short I missed the qualifying in a playoff damn yeah, okay. so I hit every fairway and every green for 36 oh. holes and missed in the playoffs. So that means I didn't putt very good. But uh, but still, and I missed in the playoffs, so I was rather upset. Uh, uh, very upset, actually. I won't tell that story about me getting upset in the car and destroying the back seat. But anyway, uh, so we're over there in Scotland. And Bobby has a very West Texas accent. Uh I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. It's just really. It just does. It's really kind of, you know, mm -hmm. it's there. Okay. So we're over there and we're in this car and Bobby used to live over there. So we would go over there and, and so he drove. So he's very familiar with the yes. surroundings. Yes. So he knew where we were going. Yeah. So we're going to play this golf course called Golan, which is right across from Muirfield and literally across the fairway from Muirfield. And so we pull up into this. He goes, hey, I want to show you something. We'd eaten breakfast. He goes, I want to show you this something. And we're. I see this thing saw on the on this wall. It says gray walls, and you know I'm a historic golf nut. I'm like, man, what's that? You know, so we pull in this parking lot about the size of a a drive through. It's not very big, and maybe 20, 10 cars, twenty cars can fit in this thing. And he goes, I'm gonna give us one. I'm gonna I'm gonna give us one minute. And I said, what for? And he says, just hang in there. So I go, what are, what are we doing? He goes, well, look at this. I go, yeah, it's a golf course. He goes, yeah, it's Muirfield. I went, oh, my gosh. He goes, one minute. I said, what are you talking to me? He said, this guy going to come out of that building right there in one minute. And I said, oh, really? And he goes, yeah, watch this. And sure enough, a guy comes out in a suit and tie. What's he say? Hit me with the accent. And he goes, <laughs> so Bobby rolls this window and he goes, good morning. And this guy goes, gentlemen, please. If you, if you would please turn your call around. And when you exit this, please exit you know, whatever. Get out. In that, in that, in that yes. uh, Hobson. He was, he was being you know, very nice. Right. But in the English, in the English, whatever. And this guy wasn't Scottish. This guy was English. Now, people listening probably have a question like I did. You you are Joel Edwards that plays on the PGA Tour. Couldn't you have told this very proper no. gentleman no. who you were and he would no. have said, welcome, Mr. Edwards? He no? would have laughed. Sir, I don't care who you are. Okay. 
he must leave or call the secretary, which is him, by the way. And, uh, yeah, oh, I knew who it was. So I'm sitting there going, okay, this is the secretary of the course. Yeah, I could call the tour office and say, hey, can you think you can get us on? And there'd be phone calls, phone calls, and then come back and say, maybe. Okay. You know, but back then, cell phones okay. were, you know, the size of your suitcase. So, I mean, I doubt it. All right. And uh, so, anyway, Michael, you know, this guy. And so Bobby goes, well, well, what is this place? And the guy says, what and he you? knew. Oh, Bobby. He was knew. just, of course he knew. He was uh, jerking this fine He was just having, you know, he goes, gentlemen, please. This guy's suit and tie. And, you know, Bobby goes, uh, is this a golf course? Says, uh, this is Mewfield. And Bobby goes, oh, I heard of that. They played that big tournament over here, Joel. And I'm going, oh, okay. And he was just, and <laughs> he was just putting it on for this guy. And we're, and my buddy Blackie over there is just laughing and we're, we're trying not to laugh really loud. And Bobby's going, Hey, there's a castle around here somewhere. Isn't there? This guy goes, uh, when you exit the property to your left, if you drive down one mile or one kilometer of the castle you're looking for is on the left. And Bobby looks at him and goes, Hey, Hey, what are the green fees here? Can we get on? We got our clubs. I mean, this guy goes, uh, please exit the, you know, it was really funny. So we get out there. We're laughing so hard when we leave. And uh, so that's my story of trying to get on Muirfield. But that was my trip to the British Open. So I'm, I'm not sure everybody did have that uh, fondest time as I had. But still, it costs a lot of money. Basic down to it, it costs a lot of money. You're going to go over there. With, you know, it's just hard. If you're not in the top 50 you're and not, you commit to going to the British Open, you're, you, you're, you're potentially these days committing 50 and whatever you would might have won. That's right. The, tournament leading up to and the tournament so is it worth you i that's what i'm trying to say uh, yeah if is it worth to you not playing the two tournaments here is it worth it to you if you've made enough like for your card if you nowadays it's almost a million right now if you've made that much well you better go because it's worth giving up two weeks of your you know it is 20 year career sure it is you're glad you did it absolutely you know i missed but i'm really glad i went and I've done it since for the senior, and I went and qualified last year for the senior open, and and uh, luckily somebody, you know, took care of my flight over there, so I got lucky. Nice. And I ended up qualifying. Very good. And it's very expensive, even though you know everything's paid for. It's still really expensive. All right. So since we're short on time, that will conclude story time with Uncle Joel. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still need to bring up. Uh, Rory I can't wait to tell Nudie when Elkington. Yeah, I, I like the voices. We'll we'll try and make sure we get as many of those as we can. Uh, if you want to call in and ask Joel to stop doing voices, eight seven 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 eight seven one zero three three. This is the House of Rock, and we return from crappy to happy. The segment you've been waiting for. Ask Joel to make you a little bit better to help golf be a little more fun for you on this Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. right here on the House of Rock. We'll be right back on ESPN Radio 103.3 on your FM dial. You're listening to The Hazel Rocket on ESPN Radio, where we make the crappy part of your golf game the happy part on 103.3 FM ESPN. You know, Man, I wanted to name want this show from Crappy to Happy, and you weren't having it. No. You didn't want to tell people that they were crappy. No. And my point was, crappy golfers know they're crappy. Yeah, but... Uh, and most of them want to get better. Well, I know that. That's why we're here. Instead, we called it the Hosel Rocket. If that is a reference that you are not familiar That's with... That's a tongue-in-cheek. Joel won't even talk about this, but uh, the Hosel Rocket is a reference to a shank. Right, you hit a I shank. Don't, I don't know. You hit a shank off the hosel. Joel's never hit a shank in his life. Yes, you hit a I shank have. off the hosel. 
Uh, and so we called the show the Hazel Rocket, and uh, we're glad you're here with us. Your Sunday morning golf show from 8 to 9 a.m. Joel Edwards, 16 years on the PGA Tour. Winner on the PGA Tour. Uh, he is a phenomenal player, and I, I recommend uh, that you get a lesson from Joel. Mm-hmm. Call you at what? Give him your phone number. Really? If you want to. Yeah, of course. Or just have him call Lost Clean. No, no, no. They, I can get my phone number. I don't mind. 214. Yes. 676-6150. Call it. me. Simple as that. Joel Edwards, it's amazing because he's not going to try and teach you a different golf swing. No. He's going to take your abilities, your size, your mm-hmm. lack of ability, your lack of size or strength or whatever it may be, and, mm-hmm. and make you better. That's right. Make, make you have more fun. Well, and we're doing that right now. Mm-hmm. J-Dub City, one of the best shows in the country, with Jacques Taylor and Will Chambers. And Will Chambers is now a fast friend of ours, a mm-hmm. talented athlete and golfer, and he is a student of yours. Now, update us on Will Chambers' golf abilities. Well, Be he is. I, I, he can I think it. it's amazing how far he's come. Yep. He really is. It was that you know. I good athlete, with him got that good much. hands, yeah. good hand-eye coordination. I haven't worked with him that much, but uh, I said a couple things to him, and now he's actually almost hitting it really straight. With yeah, the from a guy, and this will resonate with a lot of you, from a guy in Will Chambers who really struggled basically hitting slices. Yeah, his he ball was, was a boomerang. He was late, pretty much. Right, shoulders yeah. come flying around. Yeah. He's a little over the top and hitting it to the right. Yeah, and as most golfers it. who hit slices, he's like, mm-hmm. get rid of that. Yeah, and, and now, now we are watching him. Pretty much draw 60, 70% of the time or more with a driver in his hand hit draw yeah. off the tee. Yeah. It's impressive. It's really impressive. Rate his game. Uh, it's Break it down. He doesn't chip good enough, and he will. He doesn't understand how he to chip well He doesn't understand. He's more, you know, I always call it 1D. He's one-dimensional yes. chipping. Right. And he learns needs to learn 3D or just different ways of doing it. All right. We don't have a lot of time, but explain and, the difference, uh, please. For well, one-dimensional is like, oh, it's one club and it's one height and this is what right. you chip Slightly with. back in your stance. And, yeah. Yeah, okay. Where three-dimensional is is, you know, I always say when you become a really good chipper is when you can hit at three different heights. Okay. High, medium, low, whatever. As long as you can do those three at any given time, you're probably going to chip the ball pretty good. Right, because you can hit yeah. any shot because that means you're controlling the spin. Right. Well, and not to throw him under the bus, but the other day he was underneath an overhanging That's tree, what I'm at, and right. he tried to hit a low driving shot with a sandwich, with a sandwich mm-hmm. and he hit the tree. Yeah, so he got his true loft on his sandwich mm-hmm. and hit the tree and dropped it straight down. He goes, "Well, I was trying to go under the tree." Well. If you're going to hit a sandwich underneath that tree, you better be playing it behind your right foot and barely finishing through. Way behind. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, and banking it. You know. But anyway, that's and that's just it. an understanding. Yeah. Thing. He just and once he once you understand what the face does, and then you know the face manipulation before you said you don't do it at impact, you do it way before impact. Right. And once you realize that, you'll become a good chipper. It's just that simple. And once you realize that, you'll always you know you'll be able to do it. Even when you're bad, you're still pretty decent. All right. At so it. at this point, Will Chambers drives it like an. Eight? I would say he drives it like a yeah six seven handicap. Okay, maybe five. Puts it like a twelve, maybe not, thirteen. Not bad. Some mm-hmm. days he can really make putts, mm-hmm. and he chips it like. I'd say he chips it probably like an eighteen. Like he's drunk. Yeah. All right. Those are the things to work on. J Dub City, we recommend it. Jacques Taylor and Will Chambers. You made me right talk about on, Will. I, I, he wants us to talk about him. He he's he's taking on. He's not afraid. Will not afraid. He comes out every Thursday ready to play. I love it because we get, you know, in the afternoon we play on Thursday and we get these games going and we're kind of casual. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking and kicking it and hitting it and we don't really care that much. I'm he's telling got that you, beard going. Though. Will his beard's fine. Will cares about every shot and is trying to play 18 holes to the best of his ability every week and I love that.
I really yeah. do. All right, on to yeah, but, from yeah. crappy to happy. Let's teach people, other people, other than Will no, Chambers, like how to get better at golf. Tim Hasselback started uh, in the NFL, played in the NFL as quarterback for 15 years, then got hired uh, to NFL on Fox and is now an ESPN analyst uh, for the great NFL. Has a question for Joel Edwards. Lucky enough to find Tim Hasselbeck. How is your golf game? Because now the Hosel Rocket is. Do you know that reference, by the way? You're, you're good with yeah. no, I don't no, know. It's, a, it's a shank is sometimes called a Hosel oh, Rocket. Right, yeah. Except that I said shank, and you're not supposed to say shank on a golf show or near a golf course, but I did it like six times. So that's why we are the Hosel Rocket. But Joel Edwards, 16 years on the PGA Tour, a winner on the PGA Tour, made millions of dollars, and is now the golf whisperer in the Dallas right. Fort Worth area out of Las Colinas Country Club. Can help your golf game. Tim Hasselbeck, where does your golf game stand? Um, so, you know, for most people, they think, shoot, quarterbacks right. and kickers. They can all play. Can all play, okay, with the exception of the Hasselbacks, okay? <laughs> so it's me and my brother. We are both terrible. Um, so, like, we're the outliers. Why so, is that? I mean, yeah. I know you have superior hand-eye coordination, which is the number one thing in a golf game. I know you do. I, I, I end up yelling at myself quite a bit and just being like, just be an athlete. Just be like, honestly, it's not that hard. Just be an athlete. Uh, why are we bad? Um, shoot. I, maybe because my father played tight end. He didn't realize that it was going to be a necessity if you play one of these other positions. You weren't introduced uh, early enough to get things going. All right. I played my first round of golf after college, okay, yeah. with a set of clubs that my brother Matthew gave me. He was playing for the Packers. And the reason he was able to give them to me is because someone just gave him a new set of clubs. So I started late in life. Okay, this segment is called uh, From Crappy to Happy. This okay. is our last segment of our show where we help the average to bad golfer like the Hasselbeck family and I, make I them appreciate and, average to bad. And, and make yeah. them better. So one thing that you'd like to know for a tip from Joel Edwards, one club, one shot, one thought on the golf course that Joel can help you with. Okay. Um, always tempted to use the 60 degree even if I'm – you know, if I'm in the, you know, on the fringe, you know, about, I don't know, 10 feet off the green, always tempted, always tempted to, to use it. And I know it's the wrong club. I do. I know it's the wrong club. But it's just like, it just kind of feels good. Like, what's the advice there? Because that club is sexy or you just like the way it looks? What is it? No, the I mean, the, the flop, flop thing? It can look pretty, yeah. you know. Phil and Tiger. Right. Yeah. You feel for sure, yeah. you know. So, uh, but I know it's the wrong thing. You know right. what I mean? That is the question, Mr. Joel Edwards. Uh, Tim uh, and whoever else is using their 60 degree you know I like to reference my father a lot and I will also drop a name Payne Stewart said to me and I'm answering his question because his, his question only lasted a second and um, you know that was a quick question you know, that was really quick and I think I have to shave but anyway uh, <laughs> anyway my dad used to say if you got to use a 60 degree wedge you've hit pretty bad shot I mean, he said it differently than that. But so I'm going to say if you're learning to chip with a 60 degree and that's all you chip with, that's as good as you're going to get. Phil uses a lot of different clubs when he chips. And if you've got to get it up that high that fast, you're talking about a real aggressive player. They're very, very few and far between. They're just to use a 60 degree club efficiently takes hours and hours of practice. I haven't answered your question, Tim, but unless you have hours and hours and hours to practice with that six, 60, 
I would not do it. Okay. So they're at the store looking for Titleist Vokies, which yeah. is what we recommend. Mm-hmm. What degree is more reasonable Say for 56. the average to bat 56? Yeah, with about 10 now, to 12 four degrees, degrees doesn't sound like that much difference. Mm-hmm. I know better, but but tell yeah. them tell them the well, reason four you're, degrees you less. hate 60 in the, in the hands of an average to bat player Absolutely. and you're much better with 56. How come? Well, for one, it's less loft, and it's probably you're, you don't want the ball. You want the ball on the ground as soon as possible when Texas, you're chipping. The wind blows. It's just you don't you don't want it in the air. You want it on the ground as soon as possible. 60 degree referred to 10, 15 years ago when they first came out as L wedges. Some, of you, right. some of you probably yeah. have L wedges still in your bag. Basically the same thing. Yeah, you know. it. it you can I, hit the ball up your own nostril. I mean, yeah, and you can knock it down. You can hit a bump and run with a 60. You have to close it way down and do it. So when you close it way down and play it back in your stance, you basically have a 48 degree wedge in your hand. You have a pitching wedge anyway. So there's a way to do it. But I'm just saying, for the most part, I could show him how to play it back in his stance and use it like a pitching wedge well, all the he time. He doesn't want to know that because he likes the sexy nature of it going high and soft. Well, then he's always going to be filled. He's always going to be crappy. He pretty much, yeah. Oh, we want him to be happy, so he needs to get a 56. Okay, on to Joe Trahan. Channel 8 sports anchor in this town for a long time. He's been a Channel 8 since he's a good 03. Player. Good player, very mm-hmm. nice guy. Um, working behind Dale Hansen yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, very Great talented guy. sports broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Yep, and another golfer. We'll get him mm-hmm. on the show as well. But here's Joe Trahan with his question to Joel Edwards. Channel 8's Joe Trahan, a dear friend of mine and a hell of a golfer, <laughs> and now a Hazel Rocket follower, wants to know from Joel Edwards what? If I, if Joel Edwards, 16-year PGA Tour veteran, was here, and you, he'd say, you got one tip, you, whatever you want. I'll fix whatever you want me to fix, Joe. What do you want him to fix? All right, Joel. Uh, this one is for all of us, uh, let's say, experienced golfers out there in terms of starting the move. Once I've got the, my backswing all the way back and I'm ready to transition my weight, give me a good trigger. I've tried the inside of uh, my right instep as a trigger. Mm. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm trying to make sure that I can activate my hips mm-hmm. and get them going so I can get to a full release. I've been having problems with that. Um, and I suspect it has something to do with being an experienced golfer. So what what you got? What do you have for me? Let me know, Joel. He's Joel, also a baseball player. Yeah. Was a very good baseball yeah. player, and he sits on that back leg sure. a lot, as as power hitters do. Yeah, I mean that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Tran, it's a transfer. It's a weight transfer. I don't care if you do it in your heels. You know, when you take the club to the top, I always say this. So let's talk to right-handed golfers. Now you yep. can change it if you're left-handed golfers listening here. When you're at the top of your swing, like you are, Brady, mm-hmm. uh, when you're at the top of your swing, you're on your right leg. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you transfer your weight, transfer your weight to the left, when you transfer your weight to the left, you are on the left leg. You are not in it. You're on it. So, in other words, Joe, if you're if you're hitting the, you know, there's a lot of people swing into it, which is a slide. Which I do. Right. I'm tall. Well, you're tall. Yes. You're going to do it. I do it. So, I mean, I'm not that tall as you, but you, you're going to slide a little bit. All tour players slide just a little bit because they're really transferring their weight really hard. That's the, To me, that's the biggest difference other than not hitting enough club for amateurs. They don't transfer their weight as hard as tour players. Okay, so that's simple. his question. He's at the top. Right. How does he get from the right leg to the left leg? What's his first he, thought? I would say somehow from the top, the weight has to transfer. I, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm going to get calls on this, I know. Um, some friends of mine are going to say, what? I'm say, well, the weight does not transfer, you know, like into the left leg. It transfers onto the leg, so therefore you can turn. Right. 
If you transfer into, that's a slide, and then you turn. And that's too late. And I've seen Joe hit the ball. He's got a lot of club head speed. Yeah, he's strong. You need to get on the leg as soon as possible. It doesn't mean you're going to come over it. It has nothing to do with it. Because a lot of people say, well, I get on the left leg and I come over it. Well, no, that's another part of it. But if you're trying to work on your downswing, on the transition between your – right before your pivot, well, your hips – I don't care who you are, your hips will start to downswing. I don't care who you are. It's. I always say that's one of – God's blessings in the golf well, swing. It's very, big, it's very vogue now for everyone to say you start the golf swing by bumping the lead hip well, or whatever. You don't yeah, like that? But I'm, no, I don't. And okay. to, uh, I mean, because I, I think it causes you to be stuck. Because your hips are going to start They're the going to start. Anyway. I don't care okay. if, you, if you're like if a beginner. I don't care if you've been playing 100 years and you don't even turn your hips, your left hip or well, your front hip, I like to call it. Remember that day we were also your front leg <laughs> yes. or your whatever, your dominant leg yes. or whatever? It was a great show. Your, yeah. Your front <laughs> leg will start, I promise you. Now, you might go to your leg and come back at impact to your right leg. All right. That's so bad. Go out on the limb. But your, your... I want you to, Joe, I want you, when you take it to the top, practice your way getting to the top. And when you start the downswing, you don't have to lift your leg off the ground, your left foot, or anything like Nicholas did. Just get your weight onto your leg, not into it. Because if you're into the leg, you're looking at me crazy. You well, don't, the distinction or discerning between on the leg and in the leg. Well, is, the weight, all your weight goes on a leg. It doesn't go. If it went into your right leg, it would be a sway, would it not? Yeah. So not. Uh, all right. I'm gonna say so. Not from the inside of your right foot Whatever. to the inside of your left foot. That's no. a sway. You yeah. want it to get on top of like your uh, above your foot. Absolutely. Okay. I want it over there. I want it over there because when right, you take so, the club so back, you if you're into yet. your right leg, what's the move? How do we get from the right to the left? Well, then he has to work on taking the golf club up and try dancing, Joe. I mean, seriously, get it to the club to the top, move your weight onto your left leg, your club turns around. It's just, it's a very difficult drill. But his, I would say it's mostly a timing drill. But if, you're, if your hips are moving, sliding forward and then turning, you're, you're causing a delay in the turn. You need to turn and his, a delay in the release. Absolutely. So therefore, he's going to hit it a long way because he can, but it's always going to be late, and a millisecond late Story to a power hitter yes. is going to be all over the place. Yes. As, as far as much and speed he does as he have has. that, he's when, got a lot of speed. When he's on, he's on. That's right. And when, when he's sliding a little bit, he can block it or he right. can well, he's a baseball player. Yes. He can't help it. Yes. You know. Okay. Putts does the same thing. Okay. I think I understand that. Explain to people your style of teaching. We got about two minutes left. Well, I like to say. Um, like I said here, you know, my, the way I, I teach is it's not Tolstoy. It's not Dostoevsky. It's not Socrates. It's not, uh, you know, whatever. Socrates, excuse me. Horatio. It's, and who else can I think of that sounds That's enough. Einstein. It, it, who is it? It's more like Jethro from the Hillbillies. I mean, Beverly Hillbillies. It's I like more, his sister. Yeah, well, who doesn't? But, well, even it, you could explain it to Ellie Mae, too. I mean, I, I think... I, I think you could, you can overanalyze anything. You know, a potato peeling it, and you're going over. Where, where did I come with that? I don't know. Just keep going. And I'm I'm on a roll. <laughs> and uh, when you get going, teaching, you can get kind of your head starts going, and you can talk too much about nothing. And or you can just say, look, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're not getting your weight to your right leg, Joe. Well, you're not getting it to your left leg. And it, well, what about my swing? Well, it might not have anything to do with your swing. I know. Watch the body turn. Watch the body rotation. Watch what their arms react to their body. And then you go from there. You don't sit there and have, I don't think, I don't have a program in my head and say, well, this is my mold. 
this is how I do this. I'm not smart enough to figure that out. I don't want to. I just want to see the thing click in a way that makes it a lot easier for that person. And that's how I teach. Many, most golfers, simple, most golfers, simple are minds. Field golfers as too. I have one, most golfers are field golfers. I have been hitting balls next to you and had watched people have this epiphany, this moment of on a ground, on the ground, not hitting it or slicing it, and they do something different. They go, "Oh my god!" Yeah, wasn't that fun? Yeah, yes. And, and that that is uh, in the end what all of us care about. If you would like to grab um, coffee, any part of this oh. show, uh, if you missed any part of this show, you can find us. Uh, at Facebook, at YouTube, at the Hazel Rocket, and we spell Hazel H O Z E L R O C K E T. Uh, you can always find our shows. As a matter of fact, uh, Jake records our shows with a camera in here, so you can get actually oh, pictures. You can that. see what Joel looks like when he used to be handsome and skinny. We uh -huh. heard earlier in the well, show. Well, it's not like I weigh four hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> no, you're you're still you're still quite a fetching man. I mean, yeah, I'm skinny <laughs> from behind. <laughs> we sure appreciate you listening to us every Sunday morning. We'll be here from eight to nine a.m. with the Hazel Rocket, uh, mostly letting Joel tell stories about sixteen years on the PGA Tour because I think it's really interesting. And hopefully, somewhere along the line, we will answer some questions of how you have. Have more fun playing golf. It is always our goal. Saad Yusuf, thank you very much for helping us out. Jake, thanks for recording thanks, this. Thanks, Jake. This is the Hazel Rocket, and next Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m., we'll be right here on ESPN Radio 103.3 on your FM dial.